0: Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes.
1: I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why you stop liking new music as you get older. Then, you'll learn about gold mining in the 21st century with special guests Rick Ness and Tony Beats, two of the stars of Discovery's number one TV show, Gold Rush. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If you've ever heard an older adult say something along the lines of, they just don't make good music like they used to, then there's a reason for that.
0: Is it because they're a cartoon character? I
1: mean, it could be. (laughs) Okay. Well, psychology shows that there actually is a reason you stop liking new music as you get older. So, no, there's nothing wrong with your parents just because they don't like your music. Research shows that musical tastes start to crystallize when you're around 13 or 14. By the time you hit your early 20s, those tastes get locked into place pretty firmly. And by the time we turn 33, most of us have stopped listening to new music. At the same time, popular songs that came out when you were in your early teens will probably stay popular with people around your age for the rest of your life. There could be a biological reason for all of this. There's evidence that as you get older, your brain has a harder time making subtle distinctions between different chords, rhythms, and melodies. That's why for some older adults, songs that are new and less familiar all sound the same, as they say. Another reason why you don't like all those newfangled tunes the kids are into is called the mere exposure effect. We've talked about that on the show before, but it basically means that the more we're exposed to something, the more we tend to like it. A lot of teenagers spend a fair amount of time listening to music or watching music videos. And yes, music videos are still a thing, even if you are probably more likely to see them on YouTube than you are on MTV. And the more you listen, the more familiar and comforting those sounds become. On the flip side, you probably have more responsibilities when you're in your 30s, which means less time to spend finding new music and more time falling back on your tried-and-true favorites. And one more thing. Psychology research has shown that the emotions we felt when we were teenagers seem more intense than the ones that come later. Since intense emotions are associated with stronger memories and preferences, it's no wonder why the songs we listened to when we were young are so near and dear to our hearts. The takeaway is that you shouldn't be too hard on yourself if you feel like you're screaming for kids to get off your lawn because you're not hip to the latest beats out there. Nobody said there was anything wrong with listening to oldies anyway.
0: See, for me, I think I can appreciate new music. It's more about discovery, which is why I was really, really into Pandora forever, because you just put in one song and they make you the playlist and then here's music. And now I do it with Spotify and lots of other apps have it. But that's it's so convenient. Back when I used to listen to Pandora, people would be like, but you can build your own playlist on Spotify. And I'm like, yes, I don't have time for that. (laughs) I'm too lazy. (laughs) I don't want to build anything. I just want someone to play music at me. You make the decisions and I will, as a listener, just relax and sit back.
1: There is a lot of technology these days that can help you listen to new music that's still familiar enough that you'll like it on first listen. And uh, I think us old folks need to take advantage of it. Us old
0: folks in our 30s. Might I also say radio underrated.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: When you think about mining for gold, you probably think of the California Gold Rush or the Yukon Gold Rush or any of lots of other gold rushes that took place in North America and other places in the world in the mid to late 19th century. But there's still gold out there, and that means there are still miners that are looking for it. In fact, that's the whole premise behind the Discovery Channel's number one TV show, Gold Rush. If you haven't seen the show, it follows three mining teams in the Yukon who search for gold and hopefully make millions of dollars in the process. And we had the chance to talk to two of the show's stars, miners Rick Ness and Tony Beats, about how much gold is out there and how they hope to find it. So we had to ask, didn't the gold rush die down after the 1800s because we, you know, found most of it? Here's Rick and Tony.
2: Did we get most of the gold back in the 1800s? Well i think they got a lot of gold well they did get a lot of gold back then but they all they got was the easy stuff the stuff on the surface and uh there's still a lot left out there to find
1: i don't even think we touched the surface because the reason for it is if you know 75 percent of the world is water and we mine only 25 percent of the land that's what i meant i think we barely touched the surface
2: How much gold is out there? I really have no answer to that, and is there any way of us finding out? That I don't know the answer to either. I hope there's lots of it though, because there's a lot more I'd like to find.
0: So how has gold mining technology changed since those early days of the California gold rush?
2: Some technologies come a long ways uh, as far as the machines we use to dig into the ground and stuff like that. And uh, some of it hasn't changed at all. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the the final part of the process is still a sluice box. And uh, a sluice box hasn't really changed much since uh, the 1890s, other than they probably were made out of wood back then. And uh, nowadays they're made out of steel.
0: A sluice or sluice box is basically a narrow tray that's about a meter long and is open at both ends. If you put one in a stream of water, the water passes right through, but the sluices have rows of riffles, which are tiny obstructions that are positioned in a way so they catch the heaviest materials that pass through them, and in this case, that's gold. Those flakes or nuggets of gold get trapped at the bottom of the sluice, and you've got your gold. Easy as that. If you've ever gone panning for gold, you've used a sluice box. Hard to believe we've been using sluices for more than a hundred years now. All right, so what's the latest technology that's really changed the game for gold miners?
2: Well, something that I got into this year was uh, running resistivity lines. There are some more technological advances lately. Um, I don't know how brand new they are, but I definitely took advantage of them this year. Uh, When you run resistivity lines, it gives you an idea of what's under the ground. It tells you the contours of the bedrock uh, and stuff like that. And it gives you a really good idea on where to dig. Rick is talking about resistivity surveys,
0: which miners have started to use in the last couple decades in lots of places around the world, including Malaysia, Nigeria, and the Korean Peninsula. It basically works like this. Different materials, like gold, have different levels of electrical resistance. If you run a current through those materials, you can figure out what they are by measuring the voltage and the current applied to calculate their electrical resistance. So if you drive a series of electrodes into the ground, you can essentially form an electrical circuit through the ground that you can then measure to figure out the resistivity of the rocks under the surface. Geologists can run a resistivity survey to find sulfide deposits and graphite zones, which both conduct electricity. And they can also use the surveys in places with a lot of quartz. Quartz has a high resistivity compared to other minerals, so places that are rich in quartz that might host gold will show up as zones of high resistivity, or low conductivity. Who knew? Anyway, if you suddenly have gold fever as much as we do, then be sure to check out Discovery's number one rated show, Gold Rush. It's back for its 10th season, with new episodes Fridays at 9pm Eastern. You can also watch Gold Rush here in the US on Discovery Go, which you can find a link to in today's show notes. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that it's normal to stop liking new music as we get older for lots of psychological reasons.
1: And that geologists and gold miners can figure out what's underground by running an electrical current through it.
0: And that we don't know how much gold is still out there, and that's why miners are still looking for it. Me personally, I just dumpster dive. That's how I look for treasure. I'm not going to lie.
1: I, I really need to find out about this dumpster diving hobby you have. I, I, this is the, really the first I've heard
0: about it. I don't think you do. <laughs> look, you don't have to go into a dumpster to dumpster dive. Sometimes people are just setting out boxes of trash next to the dumpster.
1: Ah, so the, the diving's all in your mind. The diving is a metaphor. Got it. Anyway, today's first
0: story was written by Frank T. McAndrew from The Conversation. Today's script editing and fact checking by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com.
1: Today's podcast was scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff.
0: Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few
1: minutes. And until then, stay curious.